So now we are reading from chapter 2 of the Srimad Bhagavatam. Uh, divinity and divine service. Ugrasrava, into brackets, Sutta Goswami, the son of Roma Sarana, being fully satisfied by the perfect questions of the Brahmanas, thanked them and attempted to reply. Srila Sutta Goswami said, Let me offer my respectful obeisances unto that great sage, Sukadeva Goswami, who can enter the hearts of all. They are very humble. They take no credit. They will always give credit to somebody else. So in Bengali, Amani Namana Dena, Kirtanaya Sadahari. Take no respect for yourself, but give respect to all others. Kirtanaya Sadahari. Always speak the pastimes of Krishna. Srila Sutta Goswami said, Let me offer my respectful obeisances unto that great sage, Sukadeva Goswami, who can enter the hearts of all. When he went away to take up the renounced order of life, sannyasa, leaving home without undergoing reformation by the sacred thread or the ceremonies observed by the higher castes, his father, Vyasadev, fearing separation from him, cried out, O my son. Now these Sukadeva Goswami is who? Vyasadeva's son. And even Vyasadeva was in lament that his son is going away. And how is he going away? Without taking the Brahman initiation. Listen to this now. Indeed, only the trees which were absorbed in the same feelings of separation echoed in response to the begrieved father. Let me offer my respectful obeisances unto him, Sukha, the spiritual master of all sages, the son of Vyasadeva, who, out of his great compassion for those gross materialists who struggle to cross over the darkest regions of material existence, spoke this most confidential supplement to the cream of Vedic knowledge after having personally assimilated it by experience. Now should I tell you who Sutta Goswami and Sukha Goswami were? They were Radharani's parrots. Radharani had two parrots. And I have personally experienced this in Vrindavan. It was very mystical. I had gone there with my... Well, actually, it's, it's, a, it's a side story, but listen to it. It's very interesting. So, my friend Amit, or Damodar Das, as he's called now. By the way, my initiated name is Sachinandan Das. So, Sachinandan is basically the son of Mother Sachi. Lord Chaitanya's mother was Sachi. So, Sachinandan. So... And I'm a huge fan. You should listen to his bhajan sometimes. Uh, Sachinandan Maharaj. He's from Europe. And the Hare Krishna bhajans that he sings are out of this world. You are transformed when you listen. Look for spiritual skyline. It's got in two volumes. Just listen to those bhajans. They are amazing. Anyway. So, Sutta and Sukha Goswami were Radharani's parrots. Now, there's a beautiful story behind it. So what used to happen is Radharani now in the in the in, in the middle of the night, in the middle of the night, is going to meet Krishna. Radharani in the middle of the night wants to go and meet Krishna. Right? A queen always has to be announced. She cannot just show up. So the parrots are Radharani's parrots. They know everything about Radharani. They are always hovering around her. So they make a dash in the air and go and tell Krishna that Radharani is now coming. So they are actually privy 
to all of Radha and Krishna's pastime from a previous life. So they were her parents, Sukha and Sutta. They were Radha Rani's uh, parents. So that's who Sutta and Sukha Goswami are in a previous life. So before residing, so I'm uh, sorry, I didn't finish. I'm telling you this experience, right? So we go to meet this guru. Uh, my friend Amit wanted to take his sisters to Vrindavan, but for some reason he couldn't go. Very dear friend of mine, one of my dearest friends. And he says, uh, I can't trust anybody with my sisters. And I was going through very difficult days. I didn't have the money to go to Vrindavan, but I wanted to go. So Amit gives me a ticket and he says, you got to take the Matajis to Vrindavan. So I take Amit's two sisters to Vrindavan. We go to the train, we go to meet his guru. And uh, we go and stay in the same place where he used to stay. It was called Pathakka Bagicha. Very humble kind of a place. So he could rent out rooms. So he rented, he rented out rooms for us. So we all stayed up. Maharaj stayed down in the night. So he, the first thing he does is he says, come, let's go get, get freshened up. And he takes us to bathe in the, in the Ganges. He takes us to bathe in the Ganges. So to refresh us from our journey. What an experience that was. And then in the night, he says, come, let's go to Bhajan Kirtan. And where are we going to do Bhajan Kirtan? On his terrace. At about maybe 9 o'clock, Vrindavan quiets down very early. 9, 9.30, all the temples are also closed. The last aarti is over, everything's done. And uh, we're sitting up on the terrace. Maharaj is with his mridang. He's, he couldn't sing too well, but it was great sound anyway. He played the mridang beautifully. And then he stops. And we hear the sound of parrots going, skrit, 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 skrit. Middle of the night, you don't get parrots, man. They come up early in the morning. But why in Vrindavan you've got these parrots suddenly making a dash? These are Radha Rani's parrots who have left Barsana. She lives in another town. And now they're going to tell Krishna that Radha Rani is now leaving and she's coming to see you. What a, and I... Our hair, we were completely fascinated. We were mesmerized. But I've experienced that. And true, not true, I don't know. But the experience that I had was absolutely mind-blowing. I, for one, believe it. Because Vrindavan is a very mystical place. Uh, as I think I mentioned to you, when you're passing somebody in the street, you don't know them. You're passing them, they'll say, Radhe, Radhe. They don't even talk about Krishna. They'll say, Radhe, Radhe. Vrindavan is ruled by Radharani. She is the queen. Now, when they go to Radharani, Oh, Radhe Radhe. Srimati Radha Rani. Jeez. There's a temple, Radha Rani's temple in Barsana, where they do a Mangalarti or Babba. You've got to see it to believe it. And then, if you're very lucky, they give Radha Rani pan. Why does she eat pan? Because she wants beautiful red lips. That's a lipstick. Natural lipstick. So Radha Rani eats pan. And if you're very lucky, you'll get that pan as prasad, which I got. So Brahmacharis. And ascetics cannot eat, but because I was a grasta, I could eat Radharani's pan. <laughs> so, anyway, going back to, it's, it's just sharing my experience with you, to be quite honest. Before reciting this Srimad Bhagavatam, which is a very means of conquest, one should offer respectful obeisances unto the personality of God and Narayan, unto Nara Narayan Rishi, the supermost human being, unto Mother Saraswati, the goddess of learning, Unto who Srila Vada and unto Srila Vasudev. So he's saying, please respect these people because Saraswati is the goddess of learning. 
So pray to her that you can absorb the teachings of this. To Vyasadeva, who is the author of this. O sages, I have been justly questioned by you. Your questions are worthy because they relate to Lord Krishna and are also of relevance to the world's welfare. Only questions of this sort are capable of completely satisfying the self. The supreme occupation, dharma, for all humanity is that by which men can attain to loving devotional service unto the transcendental Lord. Such devotional service must be unmotivated and uninterrupted to completely satisfy the self. By rendering devotional service unto the personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna, one immediately acquires causeless knowledge and detachment from this world. Knowledge comes to you. Bhakti Marg, Gyan Marg, we talked about that also, right? The different modes of acquiring knowledge. Bhakti Marg is by going transcendental service. Gyan Marg is by studying the scriptures, doing yoga and so on and so forth, right? All occupational, uh, sorry, the occupational activities a man performs according to his own position are only so much useless labor if they do not provoke attraction for the message of the personality of Godhead. All occupational engagements are certainly meant for ultimate liberation. The question of why are we here? Where did we come from? All of these get answered. They should never be performed for material gain. Furthermore, according to sages, one who is engaged in the ultimate occupational service should never use material gain to cultivate sense gratification. Life's desire should never be directed towards sense gratification. One should desire only a healthy life or self-preservation since a human being is meant for inquiry about the absolute truth. Nothing else should be the goal of one's works. What is the difference between, let's say, the animal species and humans as a species? We've got intellect, we've got brain, we've got intelligence. They have instincts. They have brains. It's not that they don't have, but now it has developed. But they have inst very strong instincts. Learned transcendentalists who know the absolute truth call this non-dual substance Brahmana, Paramatma or Bhagavan. The seriously inquisitive student or sage, well equipped with knowledge and detachment, realizes the absolute truth by rendering devotional service in the terms of what he has heard from the Vedanta Shruti. O oh, best amongst the twice born, it is therefore concluded that the highest perfection one can achieve by discharging the duties prescribed for one's own occupation according to caste divisions and orders of life is to please the personality of God. And we talked about this caste system, right, which is grossly misunderstood, right? So the caste system is merely divisions on, of society based on your abilities, it's nothing to do with where you were born. As I said, a Shudra can be a Brahmin, a Brahman can be a Shudra. It depends on their activities. A Vaishya can be a Brahmin, right? And I gave my example, right? I come from a Brahmin family, so mother's side, father's side, both. But I have a job, so I'm actually a Vaishya. I'm like, you know, I'm serving somebody, I'm a Shudra. Now, there's one side of me which does, you know, let's say business strategy, this, that. So I guess I'm a cross between a Vaishya and a Shudra. But I've been fortunate to kind of have this taste. But if I was to classify myself based on scripture, I'd say I'm a Shudra or a Vaishya, right? Oh, best amongst the twice born, it is therefore concluded that the highest perfection one can achieve by discharging the duties prescribed for one's own occupation according to the caste divisions and orders of life, Varna, Ashram, Dharma, 
is to please the personality of Godhead. Therefore, with one-pointed attention, one should constantly hear about, glorify, remember and worship the personality of Godhead who is the protector of devotees. Prahlad Maharaj, perfect example. With so, and so many more. With sword in hand, intelligent men cut through the binding knots of reactionary work or karma by remembering the personality of Godhead. Therefore, who will not pay attention to his message? Only an idiot. Or twice born sages, by serving those devotees who are completely freed from all vice, great service is done. That's also devotional service. Serving the servant of the servant of the servant of the servant. Guru Shishya Parampara. Or twice born sages, by serving those devotees who are completely freed from all vice, great service is done. By such service, one gains affinity for hearing the messages of Vasudev. Of Vasudev. Shri Krishna, the personality of Godhead, who is the Paramatma, super soul in everybody's heart, and the benefactor of the truthful devotee, cleanses desire for material enjoyment from the heart of the devotee who has developed the urge to hear his messages, which are in themselves virtuous when properly heard and chanted. By regular attendance in classes on the Bhagavatam and by rendering service to the pure devotee, all that is troublesome to the heart is almost completely destroyed. And having and loving service unto the personality of Godhead, who is praised with transcendental songs, is established as an irrevocable fact. As soon as irrevocable loving service is established in the heart, Krishna is very tricky here. If you start praying, if you start japa, you start everything. So there's, we used to have a saying, you know, all the devotees and this to say, two rules. Always remember, only two rules. Always remember Krishna, never forget Krishna. And Krishna is such a person, he doesn't let you forget him. Even if you abandon his duties and abandon him, stop remembering him from time to time. Somehow just by getting slightly exposed to him, he keeps coming back to you in some way, shape or form. So you can't totally eradicate him from your life. He's tricky. He's got his hooks in you, means he's got his hooks in you. You ain't going nowhere. Your process may get delayed. You say, okay, take a, go, take a, take a sabbatical. I'll get you back. And it happens. It's happened to me a few times as well. Then the devotee is established in goodness and he becomes completely happy. Thus, established in the mode of unalloyed goodness, the man whose mind has been enlivened by contact with devotional service to the Lord gains positive scientific knowledge of the personality of Godhead in the stage of liberation from all material association. This is very nice. So there's something, there's discrimination and there's positive discrimination. Discrimination is negative. I'm discriminating against somebody. But this is positive discrimination. I'm eliminating that which is bad and only taking in that which is good. That's positive discrimination, right? Thus established in the mode of unalloyed goodness, the man whose mind has been enlivened by contact with devotional service to the Lord gains positive scientific knowledge of the personality of Godhead in, in the stage of liberation from all material association. Thus, the knot in one's heart is pierced and all misgivings are done to be are cut to pieces. The chain of fruitive action is terminated when one sees the self as the master. I'll give an example. It takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. Just because I've started, oh, my karma is done. No. 
it's all burnt. No. So I'll give you an example. You've got a fan spinning at full speed. You feel too cold. What do you do? You switch off the fan. The fan takes time to come to a standstill. So your fruitive activities will slowly be eradicated. That burden will slowly be lifted from you. Certainly, therefore, since time immemorial, all transcendentalists have been rendering devotional service to Lord Krishna, the personality of Godhead, with great delight because such devotional service is enlivening to the self. The transcendental personality of Godhead is indirectly associated with the three modes of material nature, namely passion, goodness and ignorance. And just for the material world's creation, maintenance and destruction. He accepts the three qualitative forms of Brahma, Vishnu and Shiva. Falls into place. Trimurti, Tridev, Brahma, Vishnu and Mahesh. Brahma, creator. Vishnu, maintainer. Shiva, destroyer. Plain and simple. Of these three, all human beings can derive ultimate benefit from Vishnu, the form of the quality of goodness. Firewood, is a transformation of earth. But smoke is better than the raw wood. A fire is still better, for by fire we can derive the benefits of superior knowledge through Vedic sacrifices. Similarly, passion, rajas, is better than ignorance, tamas. But goodness, sattva, is best, because by goodness one can come to realize the absolute truth. Previously, all the great sages rendered service unto the personality of Godhead due to his existence above the three modes of material nature. They worshipped, worshipped him to become free from material conditions and thus derive the ultimate benefit. Whoever follows such great authorities is also eligible for liberation from the material world. You may not be doing these things personally, worshipping Krishna personally, doing your puja, or you may not be doing these things personally. But by serving the person who is doing it, you also attain liberation. You will also be enlightened. It's a spin-off effect or it rubs off on you, right? We often say that when you associate with somebody, the person's mannerisms, those person's speech, the way they talk, the way they walk, all rubs off on you, right? To this extent, a lot of people say, you know, people start resembling their pets. <laughs> right? <laughs> Those who are serious about liberations are certainly non-envious and they respect all, yet they reject the horrible and ghastly forms of the demigods and worship only the all-blissful forms of Lord Vishnu and his plenary portions. Those who are in the modes of passion and ignorance worship those in the same category, association. Namely, the forefathers. Other living beings and demigods who are in charge of cosmic activities, for they are urged by a desire to be materially benefited with women, wealth, power and progeny. So people who are in that mood, they will worship certain kind of gods and demigods. Not a bad thing, but still not the perfect way of doing it. In the revealed scriptures, the ultimate object of knowledge is Sri Krishna. Think about this. What is he saying? Revealed scriptures. So what does this lead us to believe? That there's a portion of the scriptures that's not yet revealed. And I used to think, oh, there'll be some set of scriptures that are secret, they are hidden. So you'll see later on, it actually says, in some creations or in some yugas, the Srimad Bhagavatam has got additional verses. 
the Srimad Bhagavatam, Bhagavad Gita is always happening in every realization. The order, the sequencing and all changes. But that pastime is already going on. So I, that is one thing. But I also realize, I think, my personal realization is that the scriptures reveal themselves to you as you associate more closely with them. And I've had this experience myself. As you read the scripture, as you grow, as you mature, your understanding of them changes based on your level of maturity, based on your experiences in life. Your uh, interpretations become more accurate. You start relating it to things that you have done, you have experienced, others have done, others have experienced. So it's it's kind of a it's 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 a it's it's a beautiful bag of tricks, you know. In the revealed scriptures, the ultimate knowledge, uh, ultimate object of knowledge is Sri Krishna, the personality of Godhead. The purpose of performing sacrifice is to please Him. Yoga is for realizing Him. All fruitive activities are ultimately rewarded by Him only. He is supreme knowledge, and all severe austerities are performed to know Him. Religion or dharma is rendering loving service unto him. He is the supreme goal of life. In the beginning of the material creation, the absolute personality of Godhead Vasudev, in his transcendental position, created the energies of cause and effect by his own internal energy. After creating the material substance, the Lord Vasudev expands himself and enters into it. So he only expands into energies and then he goes into those energies. Although and although he is within the material modes of nature and appears to be one of the created beings, his incarnations, he is always fully enlightened in his transcendental position. The Lord as super soul pervades all things just as fire permeates wood and so he appears to be of many varieties though he is the absolute one without second. So even the Devi Devtas are all parts and parcels of Krishna. There is no damage done by worshipping them, it's beneficial only. But if you have a shortcut or a, a process that you can follow that kind of helps you to skip classes, why not do it? Get a double promotion. What stops you? Right? The Lord as super soul pervades all things just as fire permeates wood and he and so he appears to be one of many varieties although he is the absolute one without second. The super soul enters into the bodies of the created beings who are influenced by the modes of material nature and causes them to enjoy the effects of these modes by the subtle mind. Thus the Lord of Universes maintains all planets inhabited by demigods, men and lower animals. Assuming the roles of incarnations, he performs pastimes to reclaim those in the mode of pure goodness. Now he's got to perform his leelas. He's got, to make it, he's got to make the subject attractive for us. What is a better way to make it attractive by doing pastimes? Killing this demon, killing the, the, the snake, the Kalya snake, small kid lifting the Govardhan hill. Oh my God. Indra gets upset with him. He pours rain, torrential rain. Everyone is so afraid. Krishna lifts Govardhan on a finger and says, Come all you Vrindavan Vasis, come take shelter. Indra is doing his stuff. Don't worry about him. I am there. I'll take care of you. And he says this to Arjuna. Abandon all varieties of religion and surrender unto me. 